Welcome back to another episode of Surprise Multiplayer. Tonight, Jeremy and John fall a little deeper into 41K. Warhammer, that is. John really wants to understand how the authors put something so complicated together. And I don't know. I don't know how to answer. But it's a fun ride. It's fun to try to tell the story. And I hope you enjoy it too. Anyway, here we go again. I have so many questions about Warhammer 40k, but it's definitely not about the lore. Like, I understand that the, the world's really huge. I have questions about how the Warhammer universe, the property, manages the content of 17,000 authors. So, I'm still new, even though I thought I was deep. I'm not. I'm not the hole gets deeper. It gets go way, 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 way deeper. So here's the thing. So I'm doing the Horace Heresy book series, an audiobook. And I'm on book five, six, which is 60 some odd hours, 70 hours deep into the lore. The six books are around the same time frame from six different perspectives of characters that are all independent in running in parallel. So you learn one plot line and then you learn seven, five different characters, different versions of that so, plot line at the same time. In my head right now, I am thinking Lord of the Rings and how the books laid out eloquently. It, it's not that. What no. you're saying is there's a chunk of time in this piece of history and you're able to sit and read through that chunk of time for many different characters and go back and forth between what they're doing, what they're thinking at the same time. So let me, there's a couple major characters that like, let's, of course, there's the Emperor of Man and then there's his, the Primarchs. The Primarchs are his genetic sons that he created in, we'll, we'll, we're not going to go into that. And there's 21 of them. And so you have 21 of uh, like central critical characters and they are all independent and they are all embody attributes of the emperor in different ways. One's so attributes of the, basically they split out that dude into 21 different people. Think of it like that crudely. Okay. And then now they're all independent. They grew up in different planets, different worlds, and they have different legions and in, in armies for each one. This is so, the plot of the second what is it guardians of the galaxy the dude spreads his seed everywhere in the universe kind of okay not spread but whatever, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter <laughs> um but now you have a major story point in the horus heresy happening in that's book one in book one and then book two three four and five are different primarchs perspective of how they interact with that single event so you have one event with three Primarchs happening, that is book one. And it's setting up the world that's going to happen over 65 books. Yeah. And then you have five of the next books that are happening in relatively close timelines that are all around that same point in time. 
but happening independently. So imagine having five different perspectives of the same event, some of them close together, some of them far, some of them interacting at points where you're like, I know this characters. I remember this from book one and they're, they're overlapping. And there's probably around 17 to 30 named people per book. It is ungodly complicated. It's awesome because the story's pretty interesting, but there's so much detail. There's so much to grab onto in different characters and they're changing and they're developing independently that you're like, I thought because you come in contact for like with one character for a large period of time in book one, then you get his backstory in book four and you learned how he became that way and how he changed to become that. And then you see that outcome from book one. So it's just so intriguing to see it weaved and interconnected. I can see how, I don't know how I could consume this. It, for me, I'd have to consume it in a way that makes sense from the narration perspective. It's, it's, it's internally consistent. So in okay. other words, you're expected to read book one, two, three, four, five, but they build on each other. So they're like adding a new layer of, to the, to the tapestry of what's going on. So they, they, they assume you've read the books before, so they're building upon but they are also have, they are also independently developed so that the, some of the characters have right. their own, they have their own stories and they are different authors. Different authors for each character? Each book. Oh, wait. So each book has a different author and they all, each author writes about all the characters in their book. Right including where they overlap. So they're expected to connect them into the whole lore system. Holy so the, shit. So the authors have to work. I, I don't know. I have not looked into how they do this. They have to work together. They yeah, have to plan so basically, this. The, you, you probably have three or four people that you're in contact with throughout the year. And you're just like, just like we at, in software development might go and meet up with our teams. They probably go out to some fucking hotel in the middle of nowhere. And they have to. out there. <laughs> they have to. The fuck. But the other thing. So the other thing about that's interesting about forty-four K lore is that nothing is true. It is lore. It is ancient history, and it is fragmented over thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So things can change. Things are inaccurate, and things can be muddy intentionally. There's a major, major, major plot line changing in the entire lore world that happened on a dead, that was lore on a dead video game from 2011. And the only place you can find the lore of that character is a dead video game that didn't do well in 2011, but it all connects through. It is a fucking quagmire of interesting, hard to solve weirdness. I... Yeah, I could see how this just becomes a huge jumbled mess. My question, I would imagine it, it sounds very similar to the Star Wars books. I think the Star Wars books are probably, I've never read them. I don't, I don't know. read them, but I, but they're complicated. They're complicated, but it's consistent between characters are consistent in yes. the books. 
and there are hundreds of authors. Yes. And yeah. So it just sounds like that whole environment is, it would just blow my mind. How do they keep everything consistent? Is there a central knowledge base for each character that like, like a nerd would love to get access to? Like, why isn't Russia and China hacking that database? And Heck releasing no. that software because that's the kind of shit that I want to know. Dude, there's an entire publishing house called the Black Library, all designed for this. Yeah. They have video games. They have, they have, and, and the other thing is, is the, the part that I, I'm learning more about is there's dead ends all over the place. Yeah. Because where they just stopped. Well, not only they stopped. And then they, then they rewrote history and they go like, well, oh, that wasn't crazy. So there's the, the, and they go like, nope, that was all retcon it. They retcon the whole <laughs> fucking thing and go like, sorry, that turned out to be a lie. <laughs> That's probably when they fire someone. They just do that. You know they what I mean? Know. They're just like, fuck you. You want, you don't want your 3% fired you. We're going to retcon your whole fucking like insult to injury. <laughs> That I is mean, crazy. So obviously you're in it for the, the content. What interests me now, and which is why we're doing, is the process. Like how the hell do you manage all those authors? I don't know. I don't I know. Would, how, uh, there, how, there's a cottage industry just re- trying to keep up with this. Yeah. So think about this. So I've never actually thought about this. I would imagine Marvel has the same problem. Smaller. Of course. It's smaller. But is it though? Now with like scripts and movies and video games, they probably don't, they're not trying to keep as strong consistency. And that's why it's not the same. (laughs) I don't think, wait, wait. I actually think the part that makes it harder is Warhammer 40k doesn't try to keep consistency at all. Except for it's got goes back for thirty five years, and they are will it and literally nothing is sacred. Imagine that the things that you know besides is it basically just a bunch of nerds that are writing. I think so. Uh, I really think so. It's like maybe they're pen pals. Did this start on a BBS? No, it started before that. This, I mean, this is a well, it's a miniature game. But, but the lore people, were they just like, trading notes between each other? Like, I don't know. I, I, you want to find somebody to inter- interview? I want to interview somebody yeah. that can tell me the process behind the lore. That, that would is be amazing. fascinating because I've not been able to find it online and I've looked, I'm like, I, I have looked and there's thousands of videos. I like there's an entire subgenre which I've been watching hours and hours of I don't YouTube videos. Like, I, I think we should just pay $50, find out an author's address, call them and say, how do I want to write for Warhammer? How does that like, let's just cut away through the yeah. Google search part. We should just interview an author. <laughs> I'm sure we can find one. Black but, Library's got them all listed. But it's like, what would be madness is if every author keeps their own <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, I'm going to give it a 50-50 chance of being true. I think it might be true. <laughs> could you imagine? It could. could you imagine if the authors kept all their notes and then one author dies and 
so basically now you have to, if you want to continue that arc or that character, you have to go read all the authors written, which you probably were doing already. And then you have to compare all of his notes. It would, it's like the worst fucking thing ever. Right. I want to see a timeline. I want to see a diagram of this universe. I feel like we should sell them software. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I'm just going to. I'll just get a couple of ghost blogs <laughs> or I'll resell notion to you. <laughs> I don't think notion's going to be up to the task. Probably not. No. Well, especially if the retcon stuff is because you still need to linearly be able to follow everything. <laughs> and there's sub genres, there's Warhammer crime stories, there's Warhammer horror stories. That's it's, even crazier. It's so like people. So basically, so this is what this sounds like. It's this website, uh, erotic, like writing where people write their own stories okay, yeah. about things. It sounds like almost that like they're like, Hey, you, you want to write in the, the universe? No, take this quick online course and, and we'll pay you like $5 a, a script. <laughs> because because can you imagine writing a crime story about some third character met in oh, yeah. I, I I imagine it's super interesting, but if there's that many authors, like how big is this market? I I don't know where the, I don't know. I like the market's obviously big enough. And and uh like uh what's the name of the organization? I don't know the exact number of authors. There's a lot. But I mean there's but the the other thing is, is there's two things. There is lore, and there's like, uh, what's the name? Um, Game was Workshop, who owns the IP, right? And then the line between lore and fan fiction, I don't know where it is. Yeah, to me, it sounds brilliant. By the way, you could have just deputized a bunch of people writing fan fiction, and they probably would have loved you for it. I think they did. That, that might be what they did. They might have been like, hey, we could suck some revenue out of these guys. <laughs> There's entire major, major, major characters that have disappeared for years. And they were loved and beloved by people in the lore and in the game. And then they started showing up again. And this whole story of how this happened is literally causing chaos for the fan fiction guys because they're like no that's not what we've been writing and you have these entire parallel universes that's fucking crazy it's it's pretty awesome i i i i i do think be considering how much you like to enjoy fiction and yeah. like you tell me you like hey i like the audiobooks the audiobooks are high quality they're they are they tell a relatively good story um but they build on each other relatively well particularly in the horace heresy that I'm like, oh yeah, no, we're we're gonna have another person sucked into this lore. They're fucked. Maybe. The problem with me is I sorry. I'm a very shallow reader. Like I I like the and this is a result, I think, of multitasking probably. But Maybe. I like to be at the the hundred 
and maybe 200 foot thousand foot level and i don't know if i it would hold my interest long enough to follow deep into one particular thing so most of the stuff that i'm reading in audible are i think you said the word b sci-fi b rated content right but it works for me but yeah the amount I'll, I'll you consume you have to be hitting b like I, it's b true rated. it's true i i I, I flop between listening to uh, audible books, fiction, and listening to podcasts. And it's, yeah, I still, I think I burn through about 80 to 90 books a year is what I'm doing. All right. You crush me. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. I, I crush most people. Um, but I get to audiobooks in the winter. I'm probably doing. And, uh, eight hours every weekend. So that's, that's about my, that's about for around 20 weeks. I get around yeah. eight, eight hours. So that's an episode. That's, that's a book every, for 20, yeah, but, 20 keep, to in 30 mind, but keep in mind those 80 books aren't, they're, they're, the average book is probably seven hours. Yeah. It's. Some in there are longer. So maybe I'm not doing that many anymore because the kids are young. That's what I was doing. I would just crush books at night. Yeah. But the Warhammer universe, I never really followed it. I saw games, movies, things like that. For whatever reason, it never really fell into it. But yeah, I got to check and see if it's something that, especially if it's audiobooks, I'm running a little dry. Well, here, I'll give you it. I can loan you the very first book in the. <laughs> oh. There we go. I can, you can loan books, can't you? In Audible? Not in Audible, you can't. No. But. You can in Kindle with WhisperSync. Yes. Quickly on Audible, this isn't an advertisement. But. I think you and I both read some of the, uh, have some of the same authors and the Bobiverse series is one. Oh yeah. Oh yes. We've both enjoyed. My, have you ever read any books by Jeremy Robinson? Can't re I don't remember authors names, but I can't remember one. Let me pull up a, yeah, I forget his. Beware of Monsters is his site. No, never. Jeremy Robinson is an author that I found an Audible that does sci-fi, horror sci-fi, futuristic sci-fi. For example, one of for he, he wrote a series of eight novels about Japanese kaiju sci-fi. Okay. If they were if they were coming from another dimension. And then he would write a book about a dimension where it's the, it's a horror theme book and like the dimensions are uh, opposite to this plane of existence. And there's a whole like horror theme and he's tied all of his series of books together as oh. one meta novel, sorry, meta series. It wasn't just a novel. Right. And he just finished the 12 book arc where one of the core tenets of 
the the book was the fact that it was a simulation of the universe running on a quantum computer. Oh, it, it is it is totally my like crack cocaine. And the way that the and the way that like the the series of the book started to end is that one simulation running on a quantum computer is parallel realities. And and if you the theory is that if you believe that that's possible, that statistically you're a, a simulation, right? We're running in a sim. If statistically that is, if we believe that's possible, statistically speaking, this is a simulation. There is an actual, if you ever watched the Hulu series called Devs. No. Eight, eight episodes, short series, and it has Nick Offerman. It explains this, this phenomenon quite well. The point is that in this book series, they figure out how to jump between the universes and eventually break out of the universe. Sliders. Oh yeah, it's it, it again. It's a crazy set of books, and the dude's able to pump out like eight books a year. I don't know. He's a fucking machine, and he he's got a whole following around, like people who love his books. I love his book, and but pe- these people actually will, they fly out like to a different city every year for like, two days, and like, the author goes there. It's it's only his books and his fans. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a crazy stuff, but. Beware of monsters.com, Jeremy Robinson. Those books, I think you would very okay. much enjoy. I mean, as soon as I'm done with my 68 book series, audiobook series, I'll be right on that. 68 audiobooks. It really does sound like the Star Wars. That's, <laughs> that's one plot line. Uh, that's the Horus Heresy. That's right. That's right, of course. Uh, d- do you think there's one person that knows this whole thing in their head? No. 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 Fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. I could just see people, like, basically being their whole life is knowing one plot line. Dude. That's they, their career is the plot line. Yeah, it's, and it's been that plot line for 20 years. That's insane to me. It's basically, it's basically like daytime soap operas. It just keeps going. And the universe has <laughs> got 20,000 years of lore. I mean, 40,000 years of lore. And they use it all the fucking time. Yeah. So, so that's actually, so let's talk about how they use this lore. Because brilliant, by the way, if you just literally took your fan fiction community and turned it into this how do you actually use the lore? Everything is a spinoff. They literally think so that, all right, this is a real thing in the 40 K universe is this thing called the orcs. Orcs are literally fungus spores. Wait, wait, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, we're not talking about half orcs. We're not talking about like an orc. No, no, no. This is 40 K 40 K orc. These are 40k orcs. No, 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 not orcs like you know. They are a fungus beast that are breed and you can't kill them. And if you do, they, they, they come the, back. They took the name orc and applied it to a completely different beast. Yes. 
And they have a psyker ability where if they believe it's true, it is true. So they have a belief. Wait, 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 wait. If it's red, it goes faster. If it's blue, it can take more damage. And yellow so this makes is a like line. So basically, it's like, uh, like neutral. It, it, it's a gradient in a way, that, a statistic in the character. No, sheet. no. If they believe it, it is true. They what make. No, what does that mean? That means that they are. So you're, you're looking for logic. There's nothing that applies true with logic. All, so number one, first thing to know about the orcs is they live to kill things. That is it. They go to war. So that's their that, core purpose. That is their only purpose. Okay. And, and um, they are very hard to kill because they're technically a fungus. They are not anything else. Uh, they're basically glorified mushrooms. You kill them and they still come back. You just get more orcs because they spore and then you get more okay. orcs. Um, what they, they have, they're really stupid in many ways, but what they believe means it's true. So, and their leader is whoever is the biggest of them. So if they believe that the rock they're on is a rocket, it becomes a rocket and they just attach things onto it and it becomes a big rocket and then they fling it towards other places. It is that level of bonkers. They believe that the anything painted red goes faster. So guess what happens if it painted red? It goes faster. Anything, remember, imagine being an IQ of 50 and anything you believe to be true comes true. You can't get crazy inventive ideas because you're not smart enough. But if you do think something goes faster or makes bigger explosions, you're, you're Rain Man. You're basically Rain Man. Yes. And that's an entire race inside the 2040K universe. That is that. That's fucking crazy. And they're, and they're not could even you imagine that. 500. Could you imagine being the manager of 500 Dustin Hoffman's and Rain Man? There's no managing them. They just want to go to war and they, and they only listen to who is the biggest. So then they have their medical contingent who often cuts off the bodies of others and make their own body bigger. I mean, there, there's nothing sane about this universe in any way, shape or form. Okay. So, okay. So you were trying to make a point. <laughs> I don't remember. The, there is no boundaries in this universe that the, the, the so, they, so they, they just go, they, anything that can, they, if it could be imagined by you, they've attached it. There's, I, I understand. I think I understand. I probably don't, but I think I do. My question is all of this begins in the lore, right? I think. Okay. Also, I, definitively, it all started with a tabletop game. Okay, so there was probably some set principles that, but let, let's say the Lord drives the current progress of the story, right? Yes. And how, how is the, does the game, basically, can they pull from anything to build the stories that, or I, is I, how I, that works? I, right now? I have not That's seen an anything fucking hustle. If they basically took their fan fiction team group and they turned it into like content generators <laughs> and they send them residuals. I, I don't think anything's off 
anything's out. And, and they even introduce new races that are taking over the galaxy from the outside recently. And, and like, I don't, I just think it's just how many things can you ha- add on? It, it re, like from a business perspective, it is infinite possibility. So there's, so I have two questions, really only two, not really. The two questions will probably generate more questions. <laughs> the first is I would really like to, to know the 15 year average age of the writers. And, and I want to know if it, that average age has stayed consistent or if it's basically tracking effectively the beginning, the, the age of 20 years old and then tracking 35 years back when it started. <laughs> Because if the answer is that it is still, it is basically, uh, if are you talking about a meta lore about the age and the lineage of the authors of the lore of 40 K? No, the, what that would be hilarious. And honestly, you could probably tie it back to another race that's I'll doing it. Can. Oh, oh no. Change the lore. And, and do you know what point in time they did that? Because they might have done it already. No, the reason I brought it up is that I'm curious if, if, if the Warhammer world is that big and it continues to, to hit a younger generation and new writers continue to come into the, the world like Star Wars. I'm assuming it's new writers because I'm looking at a picture of all the authors right now. It's for no white men that, oh. uh, that, 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 that have, uh, what is it? Their, their girlfriends with them and they're just blow up dolls behind them. Um, I think you have, there's no blow up dolls because these are all photos of the, like for are these press like, release. Are they, prof- are they white men photos? Yeah. White men is the dominant profile. Yeah. Are they white men? Uh, lots of gray beards. 27 to yeah, 65. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of gray beards. Uh, see, I'm telling you. So what happens when all these people age out of the job? Do you, do you do character arcs? Just go away. Holy shit. Uh, 102 different authors. Of books. So here's the thing. You could have a conference. Like and, and of these just people them. of just them. And this is probably what they do. It's probably just some like random airport in Idaho that they go to on a, during a week and they have a conference at the, at the airport hotel. And they have their own politics because blah, blah, blah for show up. He only so, shows up if it's on the East coast track. Really quick to Jeremy Robinson, because there is a plot in one of his books where the, there is a conference every year in some random backwater city at a motels and it's a serial killers conference. So all the serial killers get together and discuss how efficient they are. And in the book, I believe it's always in the town that he's doing his conference in that that's brilliant meta. and. No, it might be at one point, but he doesn't write about it that often. But in one of the books, he writes about it. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting. <laughs> so that is crazy it, t- just to manage that 
amount of war. I don't and the fact that there's 35 it. years of it. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe that there's a central place that. There's no way. And, and I mean, they got anthologies and they got rewrites and they got graphic novels and then they have codexes. How do these the, people get paid? I mean, game, game, like there's a company behind 40K. Is it public? Uh, what is the name of the company? Uh, game. Warhead 40K. Uh. Games Workshop. No, they sell all the figurines for the tabletop game. They sell you all the rules and court, like all that. I know they have a big problem with 3D printers right now. Yeah. Yeah, Is Games Workshop. Game Workshop. Games, yeah. yeah. But yeah, holy sh... And, and by the way, the games are... Like the figurines are expensive. Like you'll get a little figurine about this big. It's $75. Have you ever seen, do you ever watch Adam Savage? I know he has a new YouTube, YouTube show. I haven't watched it any. So he did a, he, one of his YouTube channels videos from about a year ago, he went to a company called Doppel. Have you ever heard of Doppel? No. D-O-P-L. It is a company that takes basically a camera grid array of, I think, 80 Canon DSLR cameras. It takes a high-resolution photograph of you, and then they can 3D print yes. figurines. And I, I, I've known of this, but I have not seen it. There is a, there's a Doppel store in New York and a Doppel store in Washington, D.C. Have you done this? I have not done this, but I'm I'm going to. And Adam Savage, of course, like a nerd he is, got dressed up in a whole bunch of different uh, things like a NASA spacesuit. But I could see this technology basically killing the war. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know this, but I think Warhammer 40K has a lot of lawyers. I imagine they do. I think they have to. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of lawyers. Just like Star Wars has a lot of, Disney has a lot of lawyers. <laughs> All right. So how much does Doppel cost? It is very difficult to find the price of Doppel. They have figurines, I think, as small as, what have I got in my hand here? Probably about four inches and all the way up to 24 inches. And it's they a- don't- give you a they price. don't give you the price you have to go there on adam savage's video they show you how the doppel printers 3d printers actually work and basically they just pack all the as many orders as they can into a single image print them all at once and then they effectively just peel away each yeah thing. it's amazing and yeah. it's exactly how it the algorithm should have been written. Smart person. <laughs> like, how do I make sure there's no wasted movements and no wasted uh, plastic anywhere? Yeah. It's a really good video, but I think it would be interesting to do a bunch of double figurines. <laughs> I think we might. Well, I do, on a side tangent, I love your 8-bit 
AI rendered drawings of me, you and Ozzy. I think they're better than our, uh, the, the mid journey one that I did. I need to get some higher reservations of those. I went to Dolly and just said, make a, I think it was a sports logo or sports patch. And, and then, then you do everything and then you say, make it eight bit and it does a little eight bit render, or you tell it to make a podcast logo. I don't know why anyone would ever use five RR again for, for graphics design. If this was good enough to do text, it's very difficult for text. It can't do text, but I, what I do is, is I say, put a, so I've done it with mid journey. I go leave a blank plate. Yeah. And that way they try and then it will create a plate. And then, then you can go pay somebody $5 instead of 45 or $105 to go put good text over top of that. Yeah. You can force that yourself too. Like <laughs> I I've tried, I suck. I get the color. I'm really so bad I'm... at it too. But, but yeah, anyway, the point is that like the, the things that are hand, the things that are like steampunk or just designs that you would have to pay hundreds of dollars to actually have someone do now. I feel bad for anyone in the graphic arc. Yeah. I don't want to go into AI too much, but I Not think I don't want to go into AI either, but yeah, but I think there is an interesting part there where I think that they, they're going to enable them to do more faster. Um, but I, I'd much rather hand off some of the creativity work to people that think about that more and come up with mm. unique designs. Um, I like, I think for our stuff, it's great. Nobody, we don't care. If I was building a brand for Coca-Cola, I'm probably going to use AI and somebody that understands. It. And, and so I don't think it's, I think it's going to, yeah. It's a tool to, to make those people's lives more efficient. Yes. All right. I'm, I'm hitting a wall. Yeah. Me I too. drank too much. That's all right. That was a good, we we had like a good half hour. Dude, that was a good session, actually. I like yeah. that one because it was more punchy. Yeah, exactly. 